Welcome to episode 2 of the Tatami Room titled Hell's Paradise or Jigoku Raku, inspired by both one of my favorite animes that came out earlier this year and the typhoon that happened this past week, which I'll be talking about in just a second. My name is Martin, and uh, I hope you're all doing well. I'll be your host for today. First, before I get into the typhoon and just the daily life section of uh, the podcast, I wanted to preface... Uh, my situation in the JET program a little bit. I don't think I elaborated on that as much as I should have in the first episode. So um, for those wondering, the JET program, the Japan Exchange and Teaching program, is one that hires English-speaking graduates, uh, university graduates. I think you need at least a bachelor's degree. And uh, they bring them over to Japan um, for a, a paid position to, to teach English. Um, as much as we teach English, our role is also to be a sort of cultural ambassador. A lot of jets are placed in uh, quite rural settings, so it's important to show the, the kids and the people in those areas that there's sort of a, a life outside of the town or the prefecture or the country that they're born in. I think jet is one of the larger uh, language exchange programs or teaching exchange programs around the world. I think this year there's like 6,000 jets all across Japan. Placement, as in where they put you, is uh, not really... uh, I mean, you you have a couple choices or preferences, but that doesn't mean you're going to get them. I ended up in Nishino Omote, and I certainly didn't <laughs> have it selected as as an option initially, but here I am. Uh, a little bit more about Nishinomote. Nishinomote is the northernmost uh, city or town on the island of Tanegashima, and it is a feel like it's. I thought it was a small island, but it's a, it's a decent size. It's something like fifty kilometers. Uh, in uh, length uh, and a little bit smaller, uh, 10 to 15 kilometers in, in width, I'm approximating here. But um, So it's a smallish island, and it's in the very southern, uh, southwestern tip of Japan uh, in the Kyushu region. It's about a 90-minute ferry ride off of uh, Kagoshima City. So that's kind of what the JET program is and uh, wh- where I'm staying at, I apologize for not making that a little bit clearer in the first episode. But with that out of the way, let's uh, dive into the daily life section, starting with the typhoon. And I apologize if there's any kind of static in the background. I think my uh, air conditioning is, uh, is doing its job right now, so um, hopefully that doesn't become an issue. But yeah, let's get started. Hello and welcome back to the daily life section. Before I begin, I just wanted to uh, add on to the jet section uh, that I discussed previously for a little bit. Um, I wanted to say that the contract is for at least one year, but you have the option to extend for five. So with that out of the way, 
Um, this section or this episode's daily life part will have three sections. One about the elephant in the room, the typhoon. One about just kind of finding my rhythm, being able to uh, work out and stuff like that. And another one will be uh, a little bit of the social life that I've experienced here um, while in Japan. So let's get started. First of all, with the typhoon, um, let me just start by saying I have never experienced a typhoon, hurricane, whatever you want to call it. Actually, I don't think I've experienced really any sort of uh, natural disaster before, be it like earthquake, tornado, tsunami, hurricane, all that stuff. So I've been kind of blessed that I have uh, been able to avoid those uh, natural disasters and uh yeah here i was in the uh in the middle of a typhoon uh i think so the the typhoon it was initially it kept getting closer and closer and first it got it, there's no sun it was kind of bad weather then it was raining a little bit a little bit windy and then the day before the typhoon the wind started picking up quite a bit as well as uh, uh pretty heavy rains as well and then on Wednesday was the day that uh, the typhoon was in full force. And uh, what that meant was uh, very fast winds and a lot of rainfall. I didn't really get any photos because I couldn't really take good photos from my apartment. I have one video where the bamboo outside my house is just kind of going side to side. It's, uh, it, was, it was pretty extreme. I think at one point there was like five inches of rainfall in a 24-hour period, so that was a lot. The rain was coming down in sheets. Luckily, um, and I kind of asked around before the storm started with my coworkers, like my house uh, or my the apartment that I'm in, um, it's made out of concrete, and so they're like, you should be fine. Um, also, they're saying that if there's like, a flood that I'm, I'm up on a hill sort of so it shouldn't be too much I, I don't think I'd have to evacuate or whatever uh, but just in case I was prepared I had a 10 liter um, plus another like 2 to 1.5 liter kind of water prepared uh, just in case like power or water uh, went out uh, power did end up actually going out it flickered a little bit but the electricity always kind of stayed um even even though the typhoon was in full force you know it's like power goes out for five seconds and then it was uh back on which was nice because all my refrigerated goods survived and uh yeah so it was uh, kind of less of a hassle to deal with but yeah overall i i knew i was gonna be all right um only one kind of minor issue that occurred is I had a little bit of a leak when I came back on um so Tuesday I still went to work and the typhoon was the strongest Wednesday but by Tuesday it was already kind of picking up and uh there was already heavy rains and I noticed that through this little like fan in my bathroom there was water kind of trickling in um it's like a little ventilation fan but I was able to kind of <laughs> think of a unique solution or I don't know how unique it is but I just turned the fan on and kept it on and that way the water wasn't able to blow in and come through so um problem solved and I was able to clean up the the, the spill that wasn't wasn't too bad 
uh, overall, though, um, even though, like, rationally, I I knew I was going to be all right, like, um, after I kind of, after the first, like, the, the night, Tuesday night, and then just kind of heading into Wednesday, like, the winds were pretty scary, but, like, my house hadn't, like, fallen over, my windows were intact, maybe it was a little stressed that, you know, something might fly in and break the windows, but wasn't really too worried about it, so rationally, I knew I would be fine, but, uh, just my first time being in a natural disaster, I think I was still, um, like, quite on edge, I was very uneasy, especially when the winds picked up on, um, Wednesday or Wednesday evening, it's, uh, they're howling pretty bad, um, or one of the evenings at least, I, I forget which one, so it's, even though you you know that you're gonna be all right, wasn't like, apparently wasn't like the biggest typhoon, so that also kind of helped, I was still, um, there's an uncomfortable <laughs> period of time where I was like, dang, uh, this is, uh, this is kind of rough, but I, uh, I made it. One issue that is the product of this whole typhoon thing is I had to take a day of paid vacation time to, uh, on Wednesday. Uh, this was because my supervisor sort of told me, suggested to me that I should take a paid day off. I'm not entirely sure. Um, yeah, they, they just kind of said like, hey, like you're aware of the paid time off, you know, you should take one tomorrow or whatever. And so then I kind of took it that he didn't want to drive me. And then this, this guy, he was already not technically supposed to be uh, my driver, my direct supervisor, he was like one rung above in the ladder. My direct supervisor was out sick this week, so I, I didn't have really anyone to call for a ride in on Wednesday. So I was like, okay, I guess I'll take a take a paid day off. I'm like, it's a little bit interesting to me that they didn't. There's no typhoon day in Japan. Like you know, um, you better be prepared to use a like a paid day off if. Uh, if you if you want to stay home during the typhoon, otherwise you gotta show up. So that's that was uh, that's interesting, um, but uh, it, it's all right. Apparently, I found this out later from um, someone who works on the island uh, who speaks English and they're American. They're saying that companies in Japan can legally um, tell you when to take up to half of your paid days off. So I was like, okay, at least if, like, if it's a rule, then like, okay, it's kind of unfortunate. But I, I mean, I messaged my supervisor and hopefully I'm able to get my, uh, my paid time off back. That would be, uh, that'd be good. But overall, just a little bit stressful, but not, not too bad of a, of a typhoon, um, experience. Um, next I wanted to talk just briefly about, <laughs> I said, running, uh, reading and rhythm. Uh, reading and running um, or exercising are kind of the two of my hobbies and uh, I think the first week I was just really busy and then obviously the typhoon came so I wasn't really able to uh, go out and exercise um, yet uh, but I did end up picking up a book and after the typhoon passed so uh, Thursday was still a little r rough but by Friday it was all cleared up I was able to um, head to the gym and get some reps in. <laughs> Very old gym and not the cleanest and not the most 
um, advanced. The machines are quite old, but I made do with uh, what I had. Uh, I unfortunately had to go bare feet or barefoot the first time because I didn't know I needed indoor shoes. So um, yeah, that was uncomfortable, but lesson learned. So I went ahead and bought <laughs> indoor shoes the day after that. But I think just being able to uh, pick up uh, a book or two here and finally being able to go out and exercise a little bit has uh, really helped my kind of mental health. Um, and uh, yeah, just uh, it's been, it's made me feel a lot more at ease with things. So I think, I think this is, if you're traveling uh, for an extended period of time in any foreign uh, country or environment, I just, you know, have a, like a couple of things, a couple of hobbies that, you know, you can do that just kind of, um, that you're used to and they kind of, they just make you feel um, like you're you, um, make you uh, feel like you're used to your, your routine and uh, that just kind of helps, <laughs> I think. Um, the last kind of uh, little bit I wanted to talk about in the daily life section was uh, social life in Japan, which is uh, markedly different than um, social life in America. In Japan, I found that there's kind of like a division of spheres in terms of like work is for work, family life is for family, you know, friend life for friends or for friends, um, etc. Et like everything has is its own sphere and they don't really mix. So at work, I... Uh, I just sit there, I, I do my job, which is right now there's the school's out, so I've just been uh, studying kanji and Japanese for a good eight hours a day, which is nice, I'm, I'm, I'm getting paid for it, so I'll take that, but um, there's not much kind of social interaction going on, not, not much, uh, not many jokes flying around the office, uh, maybe it's just taking a little bit of time for people to get used to me around there, but I think in, in general, like when you're at work, you talk about work, not not really much else, um, which, you know, it was, uh, I kind of expected it or I've, I've heard about this before, but um, it was still a little jarring to me because I'd worked in a coffee shop um, back in Seattle, back in the States. And, uh, you know, when I was working there, we, you know, we usually had uh, one or two baristas on bar and uh when there weren't any customers or we weren't that busy we were always you know having a little bit of banter just cracking jokes here and there um inquiring about personal details which uh in japan is kind of a a no-go so um that's been kind of a, an interesting feature of like social life to me um however where you do um socialize more where you meet new people or get to know uh, the people that you're working with more is when you go out for drinks. Uh, so it's, it's been kind of, that's, that's something that's uh, been surprising or interesting to me as well. But yeah, when you're out drinking and I've drank with my coworkers a couple of times, then uh, yeah, that's when they open up and you get to ask some more personal questions or they ask you some more personal questions and uh, you kind of get to uh, know them a little bit better. Uh, so yeah, the drinking time <laughs> is the time for that, which is a little unfortunate because um, I, ideally, uh, you know, you don't want to be drinking too much and I'd 
you know, drink responsibly, everyone, but um, that's just kind of the way it is around here. That being said, when you are out drinking, um, I went out for drinks just by myself the other night, and you can definitely have a couple of adventures that, you know, wouldn't really be possible <laughs> in the United States, um, or other places for that matter. It can get really interesting really fast. Um, I'm not going to incriminate myself any further, but suffice to say that after um, one night out, I ended up with a skateboard. So um, now I'm skateboarding, which I've never skateboarded before. We can kind of add that to the list of things that I didn't think I'd really do, but I've kind of started to uh, while I'm in Japan. So uh, I think that's kind of uh, it for the daily life section going to talk a little bit about um, some current events next. If you have any questions about the typhoon or anything that I've, I've said or comments, <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe I, I, I misspoke then, and I apologize, but please uh, reach out to me. Um, and uh, I think my email should be visible or you can just direct message me on Instagram or Facebook. So please share your feedback. I, you know, it's, uh, I'm a very, uh, I'm a rookie to this whole thing. So uh, any, any feedback is good feedback. But now with that being said, let's go to uh, the next section. All right, everyone, welcome back to the current events section. Uh, of this week's Tatami Room, I'll be discussing a rather somber topic this week, which is why America's life expectancy is so low. My source for this was a podcast from The Economist, which I'll try to link in the description below. Please give it a listen. I found it uh, very informative. Um, but that out of the way, I want to start by talking about a, uh, a finding that the Economist podcast also discusses, which is that in 1980, America ranked somewhere in the middle in terms of life expectancy when uh, it was surveyed in a group of 18 developed countries. And by 2018, this figure had unfortunately fallen, or the U.S. had unfortunately fallen, to the very bottom um, of this list of 18 countries. And some estimates now even put the U.S. at uh, U.S.'s life expectancy below China's. Um, and listening to America's life expectancy falling as uh, you know someone from the U.S., it's uh, it's quite disheartening and uh, just sad to be honest. The the main causes that the economists economist lists for uh, life expectancy deteriorating so fast is uh, guns, uh, deaths from car crashes, and uh, deaths from uh, you know fentanyl and uh, other opioids. Unfortunately, all of these factors um, really uh, impact. Um, young people or a lot of young people die from these things and when young people die that really disproportionately negatively impacts life expectancy so i know some of y'all probably already guessed that um, guns or um, opioids or maybe you guessed all three of them were were an issue but that's just uh that's just the way it is and unfortunately um guns car crashes and opioids really are making a, a negative impact on American life expectancy. Now, the cause um, or the the reason that the Economist ascribes to these uh, these three things 
um, kind of rising, uh, you know, the, the deaths from guns, car crashes, and opioids, is this American attitude or mentality of, you know, individual and personal responsibility, where if you're driving a car, it's your responsibility to make sure you're not getting in drunk, your responsibility to make sure everyone on the road is safe around you, etc. Or if you're taking drugs, it's your responsibility to make sure that the drugs are safe. And, uh, well, I don't want the government sticking their nose in uh, every uh, everything I do. I do think that in these instances, um, the government needs to do more, a lot more to uh, to protect people, um, because clearly this whole individual responsibility thing um, isn't uh, working out very well. Now, there are a couple of solutions that we're progressing towards, you know, last year in 2022, there was a bipartisan gun bill that was passed. Um, unfortunately, its scope isn't as broad as uh, we would like it to be. Um, personally, I would like to see less guns on the streets. I lived in uh, U District in Seattle for two years, and I don't think I was ever in any real danger, uh, thankfully, but I did hear uh, gunshots occasionally, which uh, it's n never nice to <laughs> hear gunshots near your place of residence. It doesn't necessarily uh, put you at ease. Um, Unfortunately, in the U.S., there's also been this trend of focusing on outside threats rather than looking inward for solutions. So instead of trying to create domestic policy uh, to fix, you know, guns, you know, l limiting them or um, trying to uh, take fentanyl off the street somehow via domestic policy, in the U.S., um, there's this focus on external threats like, oh, it's it's the, it's the Mexican cartel that's bringing all of these drugs in. But clearly that strategy of trying to focus on the, the cartel smugglers hasn't been working out so far. So um, I hope that America kind of wakes up uh, sooner rather than later and, uh, and addresses these issues. Uh, in any case, this was a small uh, current events section. Hopefully next week I'll be back with another one, and that one will be a little uh, brighter and uh, not as uh, sad of a topic. But um, thank you for listening, and uh, let's cut to the outro. All right. Thank you to everyone who has made it this far into episode two of Tatami Room. Before I get to my favorite sections, which are the stat and word of the week, uh, I wanted to briefly shout out my friend Ria for her contributions to the podcast. Um, without her, the podcast would be uh, in, uh, in shambles. So thank you, Ria, for all your suggestions. Um, yeah, without, with that out of the way, um, time for the stat and the word of the week, which the stat of the week is actually a range. It's 1.4 to 2.2 inches, which is the size of the Japanese rhinoceros beetle. Apparently, and correct me if I'm wrong as I read this online, but the rhinoceros beetle is a popular pet for young boys in Japan. Now, the reason this is the stat of the week this week is I've been finding a lot of bugs, thankfully not inside my house, but as I've been wandering the streets of Nishinomote, and one of them was actually this fairly large rhinoceros beetle, which I'd only ever seen in like picture books and maybe a zoo once, but 
you know, it's, I found it, it was, it was kind of fun. It was, uh, I was able to pick it up and, you know, I, I made sure it was on its way, but I've been able to see a rhinoceros beetle, a stag beetle, and this bug that looked like a stick. So I've been finding a lot of cool bugs around here. Um, I don't know if it's a pleasant surprise. It's uh, definitely been a surprise though, um, so far. Um, now on to the word of the week, and uh, I apologize, I'm, I'm cheating, I'm giving y'all two words, uh, so I hope that that is uh, a positive rather than a negative, but the first one, uh, they're kind of interrelated, is honne, which is someone's true feelings and desires, while the other word is tatemae, which is like a facade or someone's like publicly acceptable attitude. And I think this ties into this week's episode uh, well because I talked about, you know, your your social life and how you have the separation of spheres and whatnot. Um, and, you know, tatemaya is what someone has when they're working uh, or whatever, you know, it's publicly acceptable um, demeanor and whatnot. But, you know, when you're out drinking with the lads, that's when you can get to see uh, a little bit more of people's honne or kind of like true feelings and uh, desires. Um, so those are your two words of the week, honne and tatemaya. In any case, thank you so much to everyone who joined uh, and listened all the way to uh, the end of this week's episode. This is episode two of Tatami Room, um, you know, uh, Hell's Paradise, uh, Jigokuraku, or the Typhoon episode. Again, thank you so much for tuning in and giving it a listen. Um, I'll be back next week with uh, hopefully another exciting episode. Um, but yeah, until then, uh, take care and uh, have a wonderful week. <laughs> bye bye.